According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the defender of the word of God. Greetings, greetings, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. We want to welcome you to another segment of The Defender. Today's date is Sunday, November the 4th, 2018. And we are extremely excited about having you with us on a broadcast tonight. Prayerfully, you went somewhere today to receive some fresh revelation, some understanding of the word of God, fellowshipping with the saints, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's always an awesome time to be able to come before you and to present what we believe the Holy Spirit is speaking at this particular time for this broadcast. My name is James Foss. This is The Defender, and we are on every Sunday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're on at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we are definitely on 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. So listen, we want to thank you for coming aboard with us. You could be doing anything with your time right now, but at this particular moment, you decided to join in on this broadcast. And we don't believe it's just by happen chance or just by some fluke that you are on this broadcast tonight. We believe that you're going to get something that's going to empower you, is going to activate your faith, is going to move you in a new direction in Christ, is going to really challenge you and to bring you to a new level of understanding. Prayerfully, this is what we do every time we come on a broadcast. Now, as I've stated before in previous times, we would love to have you partner with us because it does take partnership. You need a team of people, as I heard one of my friends say, for any venture that you want to do that's going to make significant impact and influence. So we will give you the opportunity to do that. If you'd like to be a partner with us and support our broadcast, we welcome you to do so. We have a three-tier level that you can give at. And you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the defender. That's anchor.fm forward slash the defender. And on there, you'll see uh, prompts on there where you can become a supporter of our broadcast. Like I said, we have a three tier level. You can come on board for just 99 cents a month. Or you can choose to come on at the second tier at $4.99. And then we also have the $9.99 a month that you can participate and become a partner. Lock arms with us in disseminating this word that we are doing and bringing out before people. We want to thank our international audience also for coming on board, our family and friends in other countries. They're tuning in in different time zones. And we want to say thank you for being a part of the Defender. Now, without further ado, we have quite a bit to get into with this brief time that we have. So we want to uh, acknowledge that we are using the King James Version of the Bible. We are back at the study desk once again. How many people know that you got to get a 
clear comprehension of the word of God before you can move forward in life. So tonight we will be using the King James Version. We're going to be going to the book of Acts chapter 27. The book of Acts chapter 27. This is where we're going to begin. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Can we do that? Let's do that. Father, we thank you for this broadcast. Thank you for the Resilient Christian Radio Network, all of our other hosts that are on this particular medium, this particular platform of disseminating your gospel. Father, we thank you tonight that you're going to do something incredible. Holy Spirit, we invite you to give us revelation, illumination as to what your word is speaking. Give us fresh insight. If we got blinded eyes, help us to see. If we've got deaf ears, help us to hear clearly in our spirit what you are bringing forward tonight. So we thank you for that. We give you all the glory and honors due in your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So how many of y'all agree with that prayer? You said amen. I pray that you did. We are in the book of Acts chapter 27. And just to give you a bit of the backdrop of the story, this is when uh, the Apostle Paul, he's being sent to Agrippa, from Agrippa, uh, the King Agrippa, he's being sent to Rome. He's been charged with um, a crime, but they found that he was innocent of the crime that they are uh, saying that he was guilty of. So he's he's appealed to Caesar. He's appealed to the highest uh, court there is, and he's going there. So he's on a journey. He's on a journey and he's traveling by ship. So that's pretty much the backdrop of the story. And you'll get more understanding as we go on. But according to this story, we want to understand something. And that's the basics of our broadcast this evening. And so our title tonight of what we're speaking about and what I would love to talk with you about is called the vicissitudes of life. I'm going to say that again. It's called the vicissitudes of life with a subtopic of will you stay with God? So all of that together, our title tonight, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, is called the vicissitudes of life with the subtopic of will you stay with God? Hallelujah. All right. So let's get a bit of understanding. You know, we always got to know language and know what we're talking about. So we describe this broadcast is called the vicissitudes. Now that's spelled V-I-C-I-S-S-I-T-U-D-E-S. Vicissitudes. So let's get the definition of that. What does that mean? Now I'm going to give you uh a definition uh, from Miriam Webster's, always use Webster's uh, and other people uh, that have different definitions, but it's going to give us basically several different connotations of the word and it's going to really apply to what we're talking about this evening. So the first one says, with vicissitudes, it's talking about the quality or state of being changeable, mutability. Uh, the next one says it's a natural change or mutation visible in nature and human affairs. 
And then uh, 2A here says that it is a favorable or unfavorable event or situation that occurs by chance. Basically, it's a fluctuation of a state or a condition. And then it also says that vicissitudes is talking about difficulty or hardship attending or attending on a way of life. It can be a career. It can be a course of action. And it's usually beyond a person's control. So let's get an understanding there. So vicissitudes is basically saying these are the ups and downs of life. These are the things that changes in life. These are things that happen. And usually it can bring us to a place of when there are difficult things that lie ahead. Did you get that? Difficult things that lie ahead. So vicissitudes can be situations that happen to you, family and friends. And we all experience that in life where things happen to us that are outside of our control. You see that? And so we're saying that there are going to be the vicissitudes of life, the ups and downs, the changes in life, this temperature, that temperature, uh, the good things, the bad things. See, these are things that happen in life. And once you become a believer, these things does not stop. Did you hear that? Many people got the rosy picture to think that once they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior, that life is going to be rosy. No, friend, it's not going to be rosy. Well, as a matter of fact, it is. It is. It is rosy. It is rosy. But you got to take the whole rose. Did you get that? You got to take the whole rose because if you look at a rose, you got to look at not just the pretty part that's on the top, not just the colors and the way this budded and the way it smells and all of that. That's the pretty part of the rose. But if you got if you look at the entire rose and you take the stem of the rose, what grew up in the rose, then that thing has thorns on it. Huh, did, you, did you hear that? So the rose is thorny. And what is that? That's things that can stick you. That's things that can be uncomfortable. So you can grab that thing. and But it's thorns on there. So you got to be careful in the way that it's handled. So that is a picture of how our life is sometimes. There are roses uh, in our life. There's pretty things that grow up, beautiful things that come out of our life, you know, but sometimes the stem of it, or usually how it got to be there. It went through a transformation or went through a process. So when we're talking about the vicissitudes of life, we're saying when things happen to you, are you going to stay with God? I'm going to let that sink for a minute because many people just walk away. When life gets too difficult, when things get you know, where they press, you pressed in on this side and that, we want to run. We want to get out of Dodge. And so this passage of scripture is, is lengthy, but it is so, so on time. It's so on time. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to enlighten us. So let's get to reading. Okay. We're in King James version. We're in chapter 27. Now I like when you guys read with us. I like when you follow along in the story, because I believe that the Lord gives many, uh, 
breakdowns as we go on. He will enlighten you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. So he will give you understanding even as you're reading, even as you are asking for comprehension, even as you are asking for direction and guidance. It could be a decision that you're making right now. And I believe that by the way of the Spirit, I believe that many of you that are on this broadcast even right now have some decisions that you're making and the enemy is trying to press you so hard to make you want to run from your purpose, run from your destination, run from where God is trying to take you. And he wants you to abandon the plan. So let's get into this. Acts chapter 27. So I gave you the backdrop. All right. So it says now, when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. Okay, so Paul was a prisoner. He was in chains. He was a prisoner. He was with other prisoners, and they was going uh, in this ship. It says, in entering to a ship of Adramatium, we launch. So they launch in the ship, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, Thessalonica being with us. So there was an individual that was with him and, and the Bible is just making reference to some people that he, uh, he is journeying with. So it says, and the next day we touched at Sidon and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. So here was this man that was in charge he gave Paul the liberty. He said, listen, go ahead and see your friends. Go ahead and refresh yourself. So he was very courteous to him. It says that when we launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. That's verse four. It says the winds were contrary. Now, winds come into our life. Winds, they you can't see it, but you can feel the effect. Sometimes in our life, things happen to us that we did not see it coming, but we felt the effect of what happened when it did. So it says the winds were contrary. When something is contrary, that means something is opposing you. So here we understand that they are sailing, they are going somewhere, but there's an opposition that has come. And so many times in our life, family and friends, there is an opposition to purpose. Basically, the contrary winds go against your destination. Did you get that? The contrary winds is coming against you because it's trying to stop you from reaching your destination. Verse five. And when we had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandra sailing into Italy and he put us therein. So basically they found a ship that was going to be sailing to Italy because they, listen, they're on a mission. They're on a journey. And that's what it's like when you and I, when we're on a mission and a journey. Sometimes we got to get transported into different locations or to different uh, housing quarters to get where we're going. But it's all about the destination of where we're going. Not so much as about how many times we got to change courses. Sometimes that happens when you're flight. You got a flight somewhere and you're going somewhere. You have to change planes. Or you may be traveling a train. You may be traveling a bus. You got to change 
and get into another compartment, another mode of transportation to get you where you're going. Do you see that? So it says that when we had sailed slowly, many days, so they're sailing, but they're sailing slowly and scarce will come over against Snyder's the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon and hardly passing it came into a place which is called the Fair Havens. Nigh whereunto was the city of Lucia. All right, so here they are. They're sailing slowly, many days. Many times when you and I, family and friends, are taking off in our destination, sometimes we are going very slow to get to where we are trying to go. And that's understandable. But it says now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. So they said that they had much time spent in a particular place. So we got to understand family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, that sometimes for you and I staying in one place too long can abort your progress. I'm going to let that sink. Then I'm going to say it again because I think somebody really need to hear that. Staying in one place too long can abort your progress. Because it says here, Paul says now sailing now has become dangerous. So now it's dangerous. You should have been sailing at a certain speed. But we understood that it said we sailed slowly many days. So sometimes we got to understand how fast God is moving we got to understand the movement of the spirit. How fast is he moving? What's his speed? How slow is he going? What's the what's the pace? Sometimes we can get in a different rhythm and pace outside of where God is trying to take us. So he said that sailing had now become dangerous. And so this is what Paul said to them at this time. He said, and I'm in verse 10, he said, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. So Paul is saying, listen, I have an inner witness because the way the situation was, there was no way he could see with his natural eye what was taking place in between where he was going. In between these two places, there was no way he could see with the natural eye that it was going to be dangerous. But he said what? He said, I perceive. He didn't say I see. He said, I perceive. So perception was given to him through the instrumentation of the Holy Spirit. So he said, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. So let's understand Paul had an inner witness to what was ahead. That's how you and I got to be. We must have who? The Holy Spirit as our navigator. Did you get that? The Holy Spirit has got to be our navigator. When you can't see in front of you, when you can't see behind you or to the left or to the right, you have to rely on the inner witness of the Holy Spirit that lives within your spirit. Did you hear that? So that is the navigator that you and I have to have. Verse 11, it says, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. You see that? So let's understand this. There are going to be times when you do not have the authority on decisions that are made at the top level. 
<laughs> Did you get that? You and me, we need to hear this. There are going to be times when we don't have the authority on decisions that are made at the top level. These, ladies and gentlemen, are the vicissitudes of life. These are when these ups and downs happen. Because, listen, Paul did not have the authority to turn anything around because he wasn't the master of the ship. He wasn't the owner of the ship. He was a prisoner. Matter of fact, he was at the bottom rung. But he had something that they didn't. He had the Holy Spirit. He had the witness of God in his spirit. Verse 12, it says, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also. So they were looking to be in a place where they could get uh, the right type of lodging. You know, where they were was not suitable for winter. So the majority of them said, listen, let's get out of here. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and depart. It says, if by any means they might attain to finish, and there to winter. So they wanted to keep on going because they wanted to go to this particular place called Phoenix so they could abide there during the wintertime. And it says, it, which it is a haven of Crete. That's what Phoenix is. And it lies toward the southwest and what? The northwest. Very key that you understand that. Southwest and northwest. So they're going in a certain direction. Sometimes when you're going in a certain direction, there are things that can oppose the direction of where you're going. So let's look at verse 13. It says, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. So get, a, get an understanding of this, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. It said the south wind blew softly. What is that telling us? It's telling us that because the wind was soft, there was no opposition. They thought that they could go ahead and unloose the ship and keep on moving. Do you, do you understand that? So, see, so we got to understand that because ease comes to us in life. Sometimes when ease comes to us in life, we can fail to take precautions. The soft wind can fool you into believing that there is no trouble ahead. Did you get that? Did you hear that? So that's what happened to them. The soft wind was blowing softly. And so they said, well, let's go ahead and keep moving because things are at ease. We're laid back on our laurels. We're, you know, we're, we're in a chill mode right now. And that's how many of us are in life. Sometimes when we get victory in certain areas and we see th things seem to be going the right way, sometimes we can get lax. What do I mean by that? We can get lax in our prayer time. We can get lax in time spending with God. We can get lax in our time of fellowship and with the saints and with the believers. We're doing things that gives us the strength that we need. We can get comfortable in routines and what we're doing and not doing the very things that gives us the strength that we need because it's ease. You see that that south wind was easy. It blew softly. It's like, okay, I'm blowing softly right now, so go ahead and go. And sometimes that's the way we can be in life. Things can be easy for us, and we say, let's go ahead and keep moving because we ain't getting no opposition right now, so we must need to keep on, keep on moving, keep on tracking. But let's look at the next verse, verse 14. Read this with me. It says, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euryclidon. 
that's your client, E-U-R-O-C-L-Y-D-O-N, Euroclidon. Now, let's get a definition of what that is. Euroclidon here in this uh, definition says, what is it? It is a cyclonic, tempestuous northeast wind, which blows in the Mediterranean, mostly in the autumn and in the winter. You can do more study on that and more background on that. But basically, it is a wind with an attitude. Did you get that? It's tempestuous. It means it's coming. It's, it's bringing a storm. And many of us in life, we get hit with storms. Tempestuous means it's, it's angry. It's got an attitude. It's contrary. It's coming against you. See, these are things that happen in the life of all of us. We get tempestuous storms that come against us. Things in life that come against us come and bring disaster. It's coming to bring, uh, uh, trying to wreck us, trying to derail us from our purpose. Because listen, this thing's got a name. You see this? It's got a name. So anything that got a name got a spirit. Oh, I'm going to say that one more time. Anything that got a name got a spirit. I hope you got that. So this thing, if it got a name, it got a spirit, it's got a personality, it's got a uh, an objective. So when things come against us in life, there is an objective to it. The thing about it is that we got to make sure that we are taking the necessary precautions and that we're doing a follow-up that we're supposed to be doing so that we can be ready when it comes. So it says that verse 15, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. You see that? Now, that's powerful right there. The ship was caught. Sometimes what you are holding on to can get caught up in the storms of life. What you are holding your faith into can get caught up in the storms of life because it says the ship was caught and it could not bear up against the wind. That means that it could not stand up against the tempestuous wind that was coming against them, the tempestuous uh, cyclonic wind, the thing that was coming to blow against them. It could not stand up against it. So it says we let her drive. Verse 16, and running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we have much work to come by the boat. You see that? So damage was happening. Now they gotta now they gotta issue damage control because this this wind, this thing in life, these storms in life has come. It said, which which when they had taken up, they used what helps undergirding the ship. That's very powerful right there. Helps undergirding the ship. What is that saying to you and me? It says that we will need help when the ship that we travel on in life has been damaged. Did you get that? We will need help when the ship that we travel on in life has been damaged. It says because what do they do? They use helps undergirding the ship. This can mean many different uh, functions and uh uh, actualities. It can be in uh, businesses. It can be in natural family life. It can be in ministries. They use, they call something the ministry of helps. So undergirding the ship, these are things that come to get up under and support. So they needed the help to support them. You and I, family and friends, will need help to support us in where we're going. 
That's why initially on the broadcast, as we began, I said that we're using these three tier levels of giving because, listen, we do need support and help in what we're doing. And anybody that wants to join and lock arms with us, we allow that to happen. It could be you in your own life. You're going through something uh, traumatic or you're going through something and you don't know how you're going to make it out. You need to be able to look to your left and your right and see if there are some helps to undergird you as you walk through your difficult places in life. Do you see that? So that's this is what we're saying. And so it says in fearing lest they should fall into quicksands, straight sail. And so we're driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighted the ship. So they're in a storm. It said we have been exceedingly tossed with a tempest. Some things, things are going to hit you in life that's going to toss you all the way around. Some things are going to blindside you and hit you in life. And you don't know where it's coming from or how it happened. You see that it says, but they, the next day they lightened the ship. What is that saying to you and me? Sometimes ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, listen, sometimes when, when we are walking this thing in life and we are on our ship, this is our boat, our life, our ship. This is what we're traveling in. Your ship could be, you know, your family or your network of people that you are, uh, rolling with. It can be uh, the group of people that are tied to you. It could be those that are tied to you by family bloodline or by, you know, natural affection or either by invitation. You know, these are just things that are around you in your life. So what you and I got to do, we got to be wise. You see, uh, relationships that we get into, we got to be wise. It says, so it that sometimes, listen, we are carrying too much weight to reach our destination. You see that sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, family, friends, I'm one to say it. I've learned this and I'm continuing to learn it. Sometimes we carry too much weight to reach our destination. And so in order for you to get there where you're going, you must throw off the extra baggage, which can be people. It can be relationships and things that weigh you down. Did you get that? So sometimes you're carrying too much weight to reach your destination and you got to throw stuff off. This is what they did. They lightened the ship. How did they lighten the ship? They got rid of stuff that they did not need. It wasn't necessary for them to make it to their destination. They could lighten the ship, get the weight off. Some of us got to do that. It may be things we carry around in our heart. Did you see that? In our heart that is weighing you down not forgiving people, not letting people go or holding on to certain things in our spirit that's not allowing us to progress in life. It could be things that have been planted in us by the enemy, sown into our life at early years. And because we didn't recognize it, it hid itself. It, it hit itself inside of our soul and we didn't know it was there. And we can't get to the next level where God want to take us because we have not released that thing. Do you see that? And so get rid of the weight. This is what we're saying. Whatever's holding you back, whatever is extra baggage, whatever is not necessary for you to reach your purpose and destination, get rid of it because it's not necessary. You don't need to drag everything with you. Uh, you, you can make it to the kingdom and make it in the kingdom a whole lot quicker if you let go of the stuff that is holding you back. You know, don't be dragging stuff behind you that you can release and let go. 
You see that? And so this is what I'm espousing to do in my life. I'm aspiring to do this more and more. I'm not there yet by no means, but God is cutting stuff off of me, cutting stuff out of me as I will allow him to do it. Okay, so let's go on. 19, it says, in the third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. So they got busy with their own hands. They started, they started doing what they needed to do. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, it's very key. It says what? All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. So you got to picture this. They are in the middle of nowhere. They can't see the sun. They can't see the stars. Sometimes in our life, ladies and gentlemen, we can't see anything. It's bleak. We can't see anything that resembles a, a, a compass or a navigation of where we need to go. You know, because a lot of times they use the sun, they use the stars. These were mariners, mariners. These were people that were shipmen. They were out in the sea. So they knew the way of the sea. They knew the way of navigating through looking at the skies and seeing how different points would get them to where they wanted to be. But here it says that they could not see anything as many days had appeared. You see that? So that's that's what it means for you and me. What do you do when, when it seems that all hope is gone? I'm going to ask the question again. So what do you do when it seems that all hope is gone? This is where the enemy of your soul, the enemy of my soul, has put many people in the body of Christ. And that's outside of the body of Christ. He's put them in that place or they've allowed him to. We've allowed him to because it seemed like all hope is gone. This is the place where faith must arise. It says, do you keep believing and stay with God or do you abort your destination altogether? That's our subtopic. We said the vicissitudes of life. If you're just joining us, that's what we're talking about. The ups and downs in life, the changes in life, the vicissitudes of life. You see that? Do you keep believing and stay with God or do you abort your destination altogether? When you can't see what's happening on the next day and you don't know what's going to happen on a day to day, are you going to leave God or are you going to stay with him? You see that? And, and that's where many of us lose our faith. We lose our testimony. We lose what we've been holding on to. People walk away from God after serving him for so long. Or time, times just get too tough. It gets too rough. You say, I can't take another day of it. I can't go any further. But that's when the God of the breakthrough always comes through. You see that. So it takes a person of faith. It takes a person of strong belief, of a witness in order to stand against the temptation to say, this is enough. I've gone far enough. I can't go anymore. Some of you listening to this broadcast tonight may be in that particular place where you feel like I can't go on any further. I can't do it anymore. I tried this way. I tried that. I can't do it anymore. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Too many storms has come against me. Too much stuff is coming against me. I want to hang up the towel. I want to let it go. It's too much opposition. I cannot make it to my destination. You see that? And so we got to understand that we, we must 
be able to navigate the vicissitudes of life because life is going to give you challenges. Life is going to give you ups. Life is going to give you downs. It's going to happen no matter what it is, no matter what respective field you're in, no matter what business you're in, no matter what you're doing on a day-to-day basis at your job, hallelujah, at your business, at whatever it is in your ministry, whatever you're doing, they're going to be vicissitudes of life. They're going to be ups and downs, changes. And most of the time, a lot of these things are out of our control. So when they're out of your control, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when it's out of your control? That's what we're talking about tonight. So let's read on. Verse 21. This is this is when Paul comes in. It says, but after long abstinence, after a long time of long abstinence, it says Paul stood forth in the midst of them. So he got up in the middle of them and he said, listen, he said, sirs, I'm going to tell you, okay, now, yes, you should have hearkened unto me. Basically, he said, you should have listened to me and you should have because I was giving you sound counsel and wisdom. You should have listened to me and not have loosed from creep. And to have gained this harm and this loss. He said, yeah, I told you, you shouldn't have done that. But you didn't, you know, you didn't listen to me. Okay, I wasn't in authority. I couldn't make the final decision. But I I have one that has authority. But they didn't recognize that. But he said, okay, verse 22. And now I exhort you. So here's Paul as the exhorter. Sometimes when you've made a mistake, you need someone that's not going to continuously beat you down for the mistake you made, but someone that's going to come in and encourage you to keep going. Did you get that? I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that sit just for a second. Get rid of the people that always come after you when you make a mistake and dog you out. Be free from that counsel tonight. Let this be the last night that you allow yourself to be engaged in that because you're going to make mistakes because you are frail. You're in a human form. We understand that, but there, there is grace, but we don't take God's grace lightly and we don't misuse it and misappropriate it and misapply it. So he said, and now I exhort you to do what? Be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. You see that? Sometimes you need some good news when you didn't listen. Sometimes you need some good news to say that you're still going to make it, even though you made the mistakes. But he told them what he, he told them one thing that they need to do. He said, be of good cheer. So how can you be of good cheer when it seemed like all the hope is gone? How can you be of good cheer when it seems like you're not going to make it to the next day? How can you do that? You see that there's only one way to do that. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. It's in knowing him and holding on to him as being your ship and the Holy Spirit as being your navigator. You see that. So it's someone else who told us that it was the Lord himself in John chapter 16, verse 33. He said the same thing. He was talking to his people. He said, these things I have spoken unto you that in me, you might have peace. He said, in the world, 
you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now that's Paul spent time with Jesus because he came and saw him on the road to Damascus and he was issuing him forward. He spent time with Jesus in the person of who? The Holy Spirit. You see that? So th that's what we got to get to. See, the disciples before Paul, they spent time with Jesus in the natural. They could touch him. They could feel him. They could hear him in the natural. Audibly, they saw him. Physically, they saw him. You see that? They saw him in the natural. But Paul experienced the Lord Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit. You see that? As the Holy Spirit, that's how he spent time with him because he was indwelling inside his spirit. This is how Paul knew what he knew. The guys on the boat didn't know, but he had an inner witness because he had the Holy Ghost that was in him giving him counsel, direction, and guidance. You see that? So this is what Paul said. He said, for there, this is verse 23, we still read. He said, for there stood by me this night the angel of God. You see that? The angel of God. Then he said, what? Whose I am. So it said, I belong to this angel of God. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He said, whose I am and whom what? I serve. You see that he belongs to him and that he serves him. Verse 24, this is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. So because of Paul's inner witness, because of Paul's relationship with God, because he was the man of God, because he was endowed with the spirit of God. The angel here is telling Paul to listen, God has given you everybody that's with you, everybody that's sailing with you, it's going to be all right. You see that? And so that's what we need. We need people in our life that we're sailing with that have an inner witness. We need people in our life that's sailing with us that when we get weak and when we get broken up and when we feel like we can't go on, there's somebody that is with us that is able to give us strong counsel from God to encourage us to keep on moving. You see that? You see how we are in all of this story. We're in all on all sides. It's talking about humanity. It's talking about you. It's talking about me. It says, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. That's the first thing. He said, I believe God. See, so sometimes it just takes one to believe. Did you hear that? Sometimes it takes one to believe. You might be that one in your family that believes. Everybody else may be unbelievers. They may not know God. They may not have any reference to God. They may not uh, uh, be walking with God or be so far away from God, so lost in themselves and in sin and in the world. But you, ladies and gentlemen, family, friend, you on this broadcast, you might be the one. So according to your faith, it can be done. So Paul said, listen, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. How be it? We must be cast upon a certain island. 
So what is this saying here? Okay, I believe God. It's going to be done, but we're going to be cast on a certain island. So even when promises come, we may have to take a route and land somewhere that still, it just doesn't seem like it's safe. Did you hear that? So sometimes, listen, we may have to take a route. We may have to take land. We may have to drop down somewhere that doesn't seem like, or we know that it's not our final resting spot. It's not our destination. And it still seems like it might be turbulent. But we got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that we are walking by faith and not by sight. Verse 27, here it on. He's still going. He says, but when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria. What is that saying? Listen, you're still going to be dealing with the vicissitudes of life. And that's what we're talking about. The vicissitudes of life is fraught with many ups and downs. Life, ladies and gentlemen, is full of them. But what is it telling us? Listen, you must hold on to your faith, regardless of what's taking place, regardless of the hell you're going through, regardless of the things that's coming at you. It could be happening in your marriage, happening in the lives of your children and your family members, on your job, in your ministry, in things that you're doing in life, in school. In whatever it is, whatever circumstance it is, we must hold on to our faith because the vicissitudes of life is going to happen. Then it says about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. So they said, listen, we done got close to something. We don't know where, but we feel like we, we close to somewhere. It says, so and then they sounded and they found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again. So they Sent the sound off saying, no, here we come. We're getting ready to dock. It says, then fearing, you see that word? Fearing, lest we should have fallen upon rocks. They cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Sometimes you got to, you, you know, you, you're in a place where you got to throw out faith. You got to throw out what you're believing to happen. You see that? So it says here, but they're motivated by something that they shouldn't have been motivated by. They were motivated by fear. It says, because then fearing, lest we should have fallen upon rocks. So sometimes in our life, we are motivated by the wrong thing. Fear moves us in a place where we ought not be. Because it says here in verse 30, it says, and as the shipmen were about to flee, out of the ship. So basically they got scared. They were full of fear and they was getting ready to leave the ship. Why? Because they thought that there was no hope at this point. They thought that, listen, it's, it's going to break up. We're going to end up drowning in the sea. You know, I, I got to do something. I got to get out of here. I got to leave where I'm going. So it said the shipmen was about to flee the ship. So what's that telling you and me, family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes our response is to abandon our purpose and run back to the world because we don't believe that we can make it. Did you hear that? You see, that's what they were doing. They wanted to abandon ship. It says sometimes, listen, it gets so hard. Sometimes your purpose is, is on the other side 
of the ocean. It's on the other side of the lake. It's on the other side of the mountain. But you have to go through the vicissitudes of life in order to get over there. And it says, that, listen, they're ready to flee. They're like, listen, it's about to go down. I got to get out of here. So it says, when they had let down the boat into the sea on the color, as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, here is Paul again. He steps up again. And this is what he said to the centurion and to the soldiers. Now, remember, Paul is just a prisoner. He's a prisoner. You know, he doesn't have any real authority in the natural, but he does in the spirit. So Paul said to the centurion, to the soldier, he said, listen, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Now, he's bringing them wisdom again, bringing them counsel from the Holy Spirit again. He's saying, listen, they got to stay in the ship or they won't be saved. So basically that's for you and me to understand that, listen, no matter how dangerous it looks, no matter how much it looks like we are not going to get there, we got to stay with God. We got to stay with him. He said, abide in the ship or you can't be saved. You see that? Abide in the ship, abide in Christ, or you cannot be saved. Don't go back to the world. Don't go back to what you used to do. That's crazy. It's like I was out in doing drugs and stuff like that. It's like go back to drugs, go back to the street, go back to living a, 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 a raggedy life, go, go back to living unclean. I can't do that. You can't do that wherever you are in life. It says abide in the ship. So we understand that. In John chapter 15, verse seven, somebody else said that. Who was it? It was Jesus Christ himself. He said it again. This is what he said in John 15 and seven. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You see that? Now that's faith talk right there. That's what Jesus said. So we got to abide in him. Verse 32, it says, then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting, have taken nothing. Verse 34, wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is what? For your health, for there shall not a hair, did you see that? Not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Verse 35, and when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they, then were they all, all of them of good cheer. And they also took some meat. You see that? What does that look like? That looks like communion right there. Doesn't it? That looks like they had communion. He said, take bread. And then he gave them something to eat. What did he say? It's for your health. All through the scripture, it talks about that. Do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget me. This is what the Lord is saying. Don't forget my words that I gave to you. Don't forget what I said. Don't forget what I said. Believe what I said. If he told you, family, friends, ladies and gentlemen, if he spoke it to you, he's going to perform it. So that's what they did. They took communion. And they were all of good cheer. They had joy. It said he broke the bread. He gave thanks to God. That's the same thing that the Lord did when he fed the 5,000, when he's fed people that were hungry, when he uh, healed people. You see that. Verse 37. Then what does it say? It says, and we were in all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. And what? When they had eaten enough, 
They lighted the ship again. So they got rid of what they didn't need and they cast out the wheat into the sea. That's very significant. That's very significant. It says that when it was day, they knew not the land. So they still didn't know the land. But what did they do? They discovered that there was a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded if they were if it were possible to thrust in the ship. Verse 40. And when they had taken up anchors, they committed themselves into the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore. So they are still moving. You see this. This is all about destination, ladies and gentlemen. This is all about destination. This is all about purpose. This is all about getting to where you are supposed to be, getting to where you're supposed to go. The vicissitudes of life is what we're talking about. Many ups, many downs are going to happen as you're making your journey to the destination and to the purpose to where God has called you. You see that it says in falling into a place where two seas met together. Now they got two seas meeting together. I mean, ain't nothing but water. They ran the ship aground and the four parts struck, stuck fast and remained unmovable. So it could not, it could not move. It said, but the hinder part, that mean the back part of it, it said it was broken up. It was broken with the violence of the waves. So the vicissitudes of life can come against you that can break up the ship that you are traveling in. Did you get that? Yes, that, that means opposition will come your way and it can break up what you're traveling in. It said because it was the violence of the waves. Some things happens to you and me, ladies and gentlemen, we're unable to explain. It's outside of our control and it breaks things up in our life. Verse 42, and the soldier's counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. So it was a dire situation. It was, it was not looking good for them right now because they were prisoners. And it's like they were, they were transporting prisoners and they, the, the centurion's like, listen, uh, listen, the soldier said, listen, we got to just kill the prisoners because they're going to get out. They're going to escape. And they knew that if they escaped and they did not have the prisoners with them when they got to where they was going, their head was going to be on the chopping block. You see that they, they were going to get in trouble if they did not deliver the goods. Verse 43, it says, but the centurion willing to save who? Paul. It wasn't talking about all the other prisoners. He was willing to save the one that had the Holy Ghost. He was willing to save the one who was given good counsel. He was willing to save the one who had who? Intimate fellowship and relationship with the Lord. Willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose. Sometimes it will be someone that will come to your rescue that you least expect, but they see that you're walking with God and you're for God. God will use them to keep others off of you. You see that? It says, and commanded that they could, which could swim, should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. So he gave them another alternative uh, direction to take. Verse 44, it says, and the rest, some on boards. So some swam to the sea and the rest, some of them came on boards. And then what? Some of them on broken pieces of the ship. And then the last verse that said, and so it came to pass what? That they escaped all safe to land. Do you see that? 
That is so powerful. So, ladies and gentlemen, what's that telling us? God's word holds true. We must hold on to the word even when it seems like what we rest on is broken up and fragmented. Did you get that? I pray you got that. But God's word held true. So we pray that tonight, this particular story has given you a deeper appreciation and understanding about the vicissitudes of life. And we pray that you have made a decision to stay with God. No matter what takes place, no matter what goes on, stay with God. My name is James Foss. This is The Defender. We're on every Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Once again, we love for you to be a helper, a partner with us. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash the defender, have a three-tier level where you can come and be a part of this broadcast. Hopefully, it has been blessing you and continues to do so. We will see you again next week at the same time. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful evening. And remember, the vicissitudes of life is going to happen, but you must stay with God. Be blessed. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inerrant and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give His counsel as pertains to what He has revealed in His Word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyrighted by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.